Welcome back to another episode of Rip Through It. This is episode 11. We doubled up last week, so we had two ep- two episodes last week. So really, it's yeah, it's, it's episode 10, so it's the 10th week in it. Yeah. Um, well, it's only fair that we double up since Matty Johns wants to do that on the iTunes chart. Well, that charts. seems to be the way to go these days. Um, you get you get He's got like four, fourth party backings. He's, uh, yeah, he's yeah. had two at the top of the same episode. So a little bit shattered that we didn't get to top two, but um, we'll hopefully get there soon. But yeah, yeah, top three last week was pretty, pretty cool. We had our um, very, very intellectual guest in Lockie Neal. Um, that was a best episode for the well, for, yeah. the, for our career. He was good, wasn't he? Very open. He, and spoke, very he spoke really well. That's the thing, like... Players feel so comfortable when they know um, they're in that in that setting. Like this is my house, so he he uh, he opened up a little bit, which is good. Um, and he's also got a aspirations to do media post footy. So I thought he spoke really well. So no, that's actually I, pretty cool. I, I thought he was really good, and, and the feedback that we've had yeah. was amazing. So yeah, um, I think the fact that he hasn't done too much media this year since the since the move, yeah, um, really showed the value of Rip Through It and, and what we're doing here. So People's podcast, song. baby. That's it. The people show. This is what we're doing it for. Yeah. So, so obviously uh, after that, we went to Fremantle, uh, went to, flew to Perth. That's a long flight, man. Yeah. I never enjoyed it when I had to do it. Um, and you didn't get the red eye back. No, we didn't get it back straight after the game. We stayed yeah. the night and then flew back on the Monday. So we had to let that one point loss sink in yeah. for a good 24 hours post. Yeah. And then the four and a half hour flight back was just... Yeah. Now I know nothing about high performance. I'll put this out there very, very clearly. I'm, I'm I haven't done any degrees. In well, thank, thankfully, I got my PhD in uh, yeah. sports medicine. So, but I, I've never ever subscribed to the fact that it's better to stay overnight. I, I think get yeah. the red eye back, get in your own bed, and, yep. and then at least you feel like you have haven't lost a day. You probably get a, yeah. It's all around. It's all around um, sleep and recovery. So. They want you to get as much sleep in as possible post game. Um, that's the best um, form of recovery for you. Uh, mentally, I don't mind it. Um, after the game, I got to go watch a uh, comedian who I've been hitting up, and I've been signing his DMs called Theo Von. He's a since oh, I've been doing that, yeah. since I've been doing podcasts, I've kind of been tuning into other podcasts in the world, and I found this guy. And he's a actually really funny bastard. So uh, I went and watched him. He, he put, I got him a ticket for the um, game. Uh, at Optus Oval, and he loved it. And then he got me tickets for his comedy special thing, Majiggy, at um, is it Asta Asta Theatre in Perth. So oh, yeah, when cool. we caught the last twenty minutes of that, absolutely laughed my ass off. Um, but yeah, it's sleep recovery type thing. Like they want you to get as much sleep as you can. And then in the, when we woke up, we um did the review. And because we got a short turnaround, we play on Saturday against Hawthorne, so we, yeah. we have a, pretty much a five day break. So they want you to sleep in a little bit, and then we did our poor recovery, mobility, and that kind of stuff. But I'd opt to fly back after the game, as you said. It's probably better for me to get back and just chill out with the family the next day. But we missed a whole Monday, pretty much. That was tough. But yeah. and the four and a half hour flight as well as this. Yeah, I'd rather yep. just sleep on it. Yep. So, so talk us through it. What happened? What happened? Okay, talk us through the last three minutes. Let's bring it back up. Yeah, let's let's do it. Talk to me about it. <sighs> All right. So yeah, obviously uh, we're playing a pretty good game. We started well. Um, a big thing for us is starting uh, the game trying to be in front in, in the first quarter or thereabouts. Um, so we ticked that box and then at half to, a second quarter they came back and we're only up by a point or two. So third quarter we played at some good footy as well. We got a little handy lead and then last quarter we just couldn't get our hands on it. They Credit to them, they they came out and they, they smashed us in contested footy and kept the ball in their forward half and we just couldn't um, get it out and score on our end. So we had the first three shots in the last quarter of the goal 
Um, and we could have kind of put them away there if we converted those. So that's a that's a little kick in the guts. But um, credit to them. They're, they're actually a really good team. And I reckon they'll uh, get a few more wins this year and they'll be right there, thereabouts in the top eight. So um, disappointing for us. We could have been 7-3 and three at the moment, but you can't win them all. You know, we won our game last week by one point and um, we've been on the receiving end of a one-point loss. So it is tough pill to swallow, as I've tweeted, um, Instagrammed and Facebooked that yeah. comment. So... We uh, reviewed it yesterday, um, and we're already on to Hawthorne now, so we've got to put that away. We can't dwell on it too much, so we're looking forward to a big game. Big game this week against Hawthorne Hawks, Saturday night, yeah, 7.25. Yeah. Should so be a good game. Should be a really good game. We're looking to uh, bounce back and get a win. Um, I think we've won four out of five games at home, so yep. if you're listening out there, you Brisbane people, you better get your ass to the game because uh, we're looking to put on a show. Yeah, 100%. And there's a lot to talk about today, so yes. where do we start? Where do we start? Um, let's talk about coaches. Yeah, that so we to touched topic. on it last week. Yeah, we um, did. About the notion that uh, newsrooms and, and media outlets have been owed to campaign um, against a club. Yeah. Um, a, a coach, sorry, should I say. And and we, we kind of saw something of that magnitude unfold in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. We were talking about uh, Brendan Bolton last week. Yeah. And we weren't talking into specifics because that's not what we do, but... Um, we saw on the weekend with, with Brad Scott, I suppose, announcing that he would step away um, after 10 years. So how did you make of it? How did you, I suppose, see it from a player's perspective? Because it would have been really hard for those players. Yeah. Who, I suppose on Friday night, we're starting to read the same stories as everyone else. Well, obviously, yeah, you just touched on it a fair bit. Like media speculation and not like a witch hunt or anything, but that drives their sales up, obviously, when they're, when they're all rallying around um, the similar topic of a coach. It's a big thing when a coach is under pressure like that and... It came out of nowhere for me, really, like because we were talking about Brennan Bolton and um, the media going after him and where where he sits at, and then next minute, um, a tweet. Pretty much, I just saw a tweet and I was like, "Oh, what the? It's his last game this week." And then, so I saw like going back and forth for three days or so before the game, and then he hadn't actually come out and said, "Yeah, it's happening." So I didn't really understand if it was actually going to happen that like be his last game or not, or if he's going to see out the season. So. Obviously, on the Sunday, he held a press conference and um, handed in his mutual resignation. Um, it's always a tough one when you see mutual. You don't really... It's always mutual as you, well. It's always, always mutual. So you don't really know, really... I don't know too many specifics of what we're around. Apparently, there's a leak in the club and that's how it got out and all that kind of stuff. But it would have been very tough for the players and amazing effort for them to get up and win, especially the Bulldogs are on a um, bit of a high at the moment. They've won a couple of good games. and Yeah. Um, to come out... I was watching the game, actually... I was, you know, we were on the bus going to our um, captain's run, so I was like flicking back and forth between the game and the scores. And I think Bulldogs were up by a couple of goals, and North Melbourne just stormed home one by about you know, twenty points. So it was a really good win. But in I've kind of been in the same situation as <coughs> those North Melbourne players would have been in. I'm pretty close to Jed Anderson, so um, I was keeping a close eye on. Oh, I was actually, you know, messaging him, seeing how he's going and stuff, because it does take a bit of toll on players when. Yeah. Their coaches in that um, position because you feel somewhat responsible. A lot of players do, yep. because you know, as I said last week, players got to be accountable. List management, recruiters have got to be accountable for, also for bad performances during the year, and um, players do take that on board. Um, so they feel they feel a bit of a brunt of that. And as I spoke about, I've had you know I've had four coaches in my career. I've had um, Brett Radden early days. He kind of went through a similar situation in 2012, but he got to see the season out, which I thought was a good thing. Um, and then, you know, obviously had Malthouse, who I do not want to touch on. Um, he got sacked, I think, mid-season after I already 
being delisted. So yeah. he's a year after I got delisted. Um, and then I had, you know, Lepage and he went through the same thing as um, Rats, but he got to play the season out. He got to coach the season out, which I thought was a really good thing because it keeps that stability in the group and you still understand what your role is and what you've got to do. you just got to try and perform it at your best. Yep. And then um, obviously I've got um, Fagan now, who's, you know, obviously one of my favourite coaches I've had in yep. my whole career of football. So I do understand the pressures that comes along with it. I don't, th- I don't think that coach leaving mid-season does the club or the players any good at all. Um, that's why I was a bit sceptic of the mutual agreement because I don't see the, a caretaker coach making a career out of coaching that club. Um, yep. I think we spoke about off-air Primus probably you had. I think from memory, Primus was the only one, Matthew Primus um, at Port Adelaide. I think he was the only caretaker coach who may have gone on to to, to serve the, the club for time. a couple of years. Yeah, but um, we don't see it too much. Yeah. Um, and it's almost, I suppose, become to a point where I don't know whether too many people want to become the caretaker coach knowing that um, they may not actually be in line for the role. Yeah. Um, I'm saying that without any knowledge whatsoever or any premise. It's yeah, just we have opinion. not looked on yeah, the we, internet. We yeah. have not Google searched that at all, but it just no. feels like from our expertise from memory, yeah. I can't really remember too much. But I just, yeah, I don't see uh, the caretaker coach doing anything drastically or changing anything drastically that can improve the um, win-loss ratio or fix their season up, especially halfway through the year. You're so... Minds, your mindset is to win games, yes. But yeah. now the now players kind of have that excuse that I oh know the next few weeks oh, we're going through a new um, coaching. Um, we you know try, probably trying to tweak our game plan a little bit to what he prefers. And he's from Sydney. He's you know that half back that. Yep. I think um, he was doing the defensive line coaching for yeah. North Melbourne. So yep. I yeah, I just find it a tough one. Um, I would have loved to see him see the season out then then talk about what he might be doing after that because now that puts pressure on Brennan Bolton and you see they've come after uh, Warsfold. I think he kind of said, you know, back off. Yeah. You know, I've got the job, so yeah. I'm not thinking about anything else. They've been talking to John Longmire from Sydney and he said, I'm contracted here for this year. That's all I'm yep. thinking about. And also, obviously... Brad Scott's uh, linked heavily to St Kilda with it's his best mate Simon. Simon Lethlin, yeah, from what from what we hear. So Richo might be on the pump as well. So it's I don't know, it's just a tough one. It makes media be licking their lips at the moment, that's for yeah. sure. It's amazing how one move like that can that's a big automatically move. start to impact three to four other teams. Yeah. Um, as a player, and you touched on it there, where you've been part of clubs where um, coaches have have been moved on as as this standard practice in the industry. Um, Put yourself in the shoes of the North Melbourne players, and particularly the, yeah. the senior um, veterans of that team. Um, as a player, do you start to question where you may fit into the list? Because what what happens is a, a senior, a new senior coach comes in, and they have to start turning the list over and, and starting to put their own stamp on the on the team. So, as a player, does that happen? Do you start to, oh, I suppose, wonder where you might fit yeah. in terms of the, the club's future because they went out over the off season and still made some some pretty um yeah. prized recruits in, in Polek and a few others. So what, what what's that whole shift like? The players players aren't dumb. So I don't I hope they don't have this the public don't have this thing that yeah they just rock up and play games. Every one of those players would be looking at their position in the club um and that'd be scouting who could possibly be the coach next year. Um we cover so many things in trying to exploit the opposition. I couldn't imagine what a coach will be, you know, saying that stuff, yep. um, and then going to coach those those players. So they'd have these ideas of a play in their head already. Um, then going to a club, you might be like, "Oh, he's here. I don't really want him here next year." Type of thing. So a lot of players will be thinking, "Shit, I wonder who's going to come and coach because that could be me that they've been talking about, and I might be at the door." So 
a lot of players will be on edge right now at North Melbourne, um, especially the older players, because that's probably who um, a coach will look at saying, who can I get trade value for? Who can I bring in? Um, you know, what age demographic is this club? And I'm not too sure what North Melbourne's um, average age is, but um, they do have some young talent in that team. Um, and they've got some awesome on ballers. It's really interesting, you know, to, to see how it looks. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just amazing how the media does play a, an incredible role yeah. in terms of, I suppose, the narrative That's around crazy. it. crazy. Like, it actually is crazy. Like, it just gives something legs to, to continue to grow. And for a coach to get sacked, I don't, it wouldn't be because media's fault. Like, it would obviously... No, be, no, man. There, there, yeah. there would have been a like, internal investigation. There would have been, like, they would have looked at all the departments, the list management, the recruiting, obviously looking at the players, reviewing their game heavily. Um, and maybe just the, the coaching for that group wasn't the way they wanted. That's why it's gone the, the path that it has. Um, so, I don't, obviously, the media's just had a... Bit of a hand in it, but they're just doing their job. Uh, I, I guess they're just doing a job, but it, it's just funny how now he's gone. It's just going to build more and more and more for the next three or four coaches that are in that similar situation. So I don't know. You might see another one. You might see someone come out uh, soon and in a similar position and might get uh, let go. So yeah, one hundred percent. It just feels like Brad Scott's got something planned to me. Like you don't just leave. So you think he might I have... I think he's got something lined up, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I'm of the view, having heard um, uh, things about Brad Scott as a, as a coach, I, I would put him in um, as one of the top five coaches in the yeah, league because yeah. people say he is tactically brilliant. Yeah. He's um, a really good people communicator. Um, and I've got no doubt that he'll be coaching at an AFL club in I the think next so. year or two. Um, I think it just depends on whether he wants to take... Uh, a gap year, yeah, um, or whether he wants to get straight into the system. Um, I think I think he's going to have choices. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I've heard, yeah, as I've, t- I've spoken to a lot of players at the club, I know a few from the club, and um, they speak highly of him. So, and we saw the um, the tributes that came pouring out from the players as well when they um, realized it was his last game and they got the win. Um, so, I I definitely see him coaching again next year. Um, that's strange to hear from a play uh, coach getting sacked to have probably uh, another couple of jobs up his sleeve. So. Yeah, I just yeah. That's why I'm a bit iffy on the whole situation. Yeah, absolutely. Another major story which has come out in the last 24 hours. Is what do we got? The, the Daisy Thomas um, <laughs> situation. Um, Dale now, Thomas. Yeah, you didn't know his nickname was Daisy. Now we're, we're going to preface this by saying, in particularly from, from your perspective, yeah. that you're not one. So um, I don't. I'll just put it out there. I'm, I'm not going to be that guy who's had prize in the past and come out and say like smack a bloke for doing something wrong. Like that's yeah. not where I'm wanting to go with my illustrious media career but um in saying that like it's been a bit of a whirlwind for him um and especially the last 24 hours he's kind of come out and apologized for his actions that he's a senior player and he knows better than that um apparently he had three two to three wines those details could be sketchy i don't know um they've obviously done an investigation on that and then they've figured that, that um his actions were not up to afl standards so he's playing vfl this week but in saying all this like Yes, it was 48 hours prior to an AFL game. It doesn't look great. Um, he was at a charity event, gave his own time up. I think he auctioned himself off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. seriously. So, yeah. so realistically, like, he's doing a good thing by that. He's had a few wines and probably got a bit tipsy off that. Um, and he's come out, put his hand up, said, yeah, I've stuffed up. He, he'll cop it because, you know, he, he's a big name down there. He came from, he was, you know, had all the glory at Collingwood and went to Colton and, they, and then he went backwards type thing in his career, I guess. 
at, at that club. Um, I think he's having, he was having a great year. He's in my dream team, so I've been pretty wrapped with him. Oh, so you're on him, yeah. I'm okay. on him. He's yeah. in my dream team. He gets me gets me some good points. Even though I'm kind of off uh, AFL dream team now because this is boring. Yeah. Um, I think it happens to everyone. But, um, yeah, I, a lot of players have a drink during the week. Not, they don't go out and get drunk, um, get up to mischief, but a lot of players have you know wines. I'm not a wine enthusiast, so I don't do it. I just don't drink it all during the week. But yeah. a lot of players have just talk about having red wines during the week. Like, I don't see a problem with that, but I think... So, so that's right. So players yeah, 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 do yeah, yeah. have a social drink. Yeah. I mean, I, no, I, they don't get... No, not, I'd, I'd say it's a home or a friend's home, yeah. house over dinner. Yeah. Like, yeah. have a barbecue, have a few drinks. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Obviously, 48 hours on a Friday night and they play on a Sunday is doesn't, not a great look. And yeah. yeah, he knows better than that. But um, I'll just move on, I reckon. Like, Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, the whole, the whole drinking during the week doesn't... Phase me as much as nah, it I think it's just not a good look that he's at tribunal a few days beforehand. It's just that's probably what's yeah, amplified. It's just ticked a few boxes that don't look great. But he's he's a he's a, he's a pretty good bloke, and um, I had a year year with him and got to know him a fair bit. He's a bit of a um, funny bugger, so um, no, he'd be right. He'd be back in next week, I'd say. But so I think he'd be right. He'd be back in the team um, next week. He's he's copped his whack. Um, although I did see Dane Swan's tweet. That's actually pretty. You see Dane Swan's no, tweet. what did he? Oh, it's so funny. Uh, he's just talking about like it's a it's a luxury not to be playing from this week and stuff. So, oh, he would, he would. He's, he he doesn't miss a thing. Him, but he's he's wild at the moment. He I'm, is. I'm, I am he enjoying is doing his, some good stuff. Uh, his commentary. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Have you been watching the mid season draft at all? I know you're a big American sports fan, so yeah, I love you'd be all, yeah, you'd be all over it. But um, yeah, I thought it, I thought it went all right. I I've probably changed my view of this. In recent years, um, okay. I've always I was always for a mid season draft. I just felt well, I just felt like if you could provide opportunities for kids, um, I don't want to say kids, uh, mature aged um, players in state leagues, yeah, an, an opportunity to play AFL football. How do you how do you not give them that chance? Yeah, um, I've probably changed my view in in recent times where I've started to realise the effect that it's had on state leagues. Um, okay. you know they lose their best players. You, yeah. you you could be a premiership chance in the sample of VFL. Yeah, suddenly lose your top five players yeah. because of mid season draft and, and they'd be languishing at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, so um, they've kicked up a stink the sample. Um, sample has been yeah. the South Australian Football League. Um, yeah, they're a little they're kicking. Arms up in the air, they're not, they're not very happy because they've lost, especially West Adelaide, who's my old footy club. I played there for a year in 2008. Yep. Uh, that's where I got noticed, or 2007 maybe. Um, yeah, so the Bloods lost two of their players. And, and funnily enough, one of those players was John Noble, who is our GM son, David uh, Noble's son. So very nice. That's very actually nice. kind of funny. I was a little bit uneasy by that because if I have to play, he got drafted to the Pies. Um, and if we play the Pies again and I somehow happen to put him on his bottom, Oh, you can't tackle him. Wouldn't it be weird walking up, rocking up work? I'm like, oh, shh. Hey. Who takes care of contracts? At the oh, club? hey, Nobes. <laughs> how's that one-year deal looking still? <laughs> no, but congrats to him. I sent him a text and he was a, you know, he's a proud father, so um, he got picked up. But, yeah, yep. 13 players got picked up in the mid-season draft. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. I love it. I think players and players playing in the, um, the VFL, Sanford, Waffles and stuff um, – you're playing that level of football to get drafted and you don't have to wait a whole year. So you can be having a great start to the season and then get picked up and you can get straight into the AFL season midway through. So I think it's a great thing. I would, I would, if I would, if I somehow got delisted and then I was going, went back home to Tassie and started playing down there and I still had aspirations to play AFL. It's a great opportunity for you to get picked up mid year. Um, going on from that, I think mid season trade would be even better. Oh, I'm for that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking there's a there have to be a lot of things in place for that to happen, but 
for a, for a player to go through a mid-season trade could either be the best thing or the worst thing in the world for a, for a player. You have to be mutually agreed with what's happening uh, for, for starters. Yeah. Because, for instance, say if I got traded now, I'd have to pack up all this house. So I own this house. I've got kids in the school. Yeah. Um, me and my partner have you know, pretty settled here. It'd be a very tough week to pack up and move down, say I went to Melbourne, back to Melbourne this, this week. It would have to be during the buy, obviously, just to get down there and making sure you can get settled in the stuff. And then you'd have, it'd just be... It would just be so much happening. Yeah. It would be tough for a, an established player with a family. And I was yeah. talking to Hodgie about this the other day, actually, and he's, he's kind of on the same page. But um, I think it would be... So he likes it or he doesn't? Well, we spoke about how, how tough it would be packing up our families and, and moving on. So in, for that for that instance, I think it would be... Uh, just be... You have to find out some things around that. Yeah. I think trading players, you'd have to... NBA do it well because, you know, they're on multi-million dollar yeah. deals and they can just rent out a place in bloody New York City. Like, it wouldn't bother them. Yeah. Someone packs up all their stuff for them. Yeah, so. and they get traded probably two to three times a year. So they, mm. they understand that you can't get settled very well. Whereas, you know, we have the one-year contracts. We're stuck in that place for the one year so we can have the um, luxury of knowing where you're going to be for a whole year. Yeah. Where in terms of... You know, if we do a mid-season trade, you, you're kind of uneasy and it's a lot of pressure on you to, to be doing well in case you get traded. So I think Major League Baseball, they just go, yeah, mate, you're traded. And they're like, oh, sweet, where am I going? Yeah, I remember yeah. watching Moneyball. And that's the, yeah, that's <laughs> it, Moneyball, eh? It's like, yeah, you know, yeah you're being traded. He's like, where am I going? Yes. He tells him, he's like, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah thanks to that. I'll see you later. That's, yeah. that's pretty much... That's the culture. If it turns out like that, it's going to be... Uh, well, but that, and this is why, you know, and I, f- I feel uncomfortable saying this, but it is a players league. And yeah. right now, um, and I don't know whether players would want to relinquish a lot of that um, that power. Um, That's what I mean. It had to be clubs. mutually. Yeah. Like I think the club looks, looks um, we kind of, we love what you're doing for us, but we probably see, we need to say that in Ruckman. Um, you know, Sydney Swans looking for a, I think they picked up a Ruckman. Yeah, I think Sydney, I think picked, so up, did, yeah, Sydney yeah. picked up a Ruckman. You go to Sydney and say, look, we need Luke Parker to come up here to uh, win a few balls. Say Lock and Neil got injured. Uh, we, need Lock, uh, we need Parker to come up here and start winning some footy. We'll give you um, one of our Ruckmans. That's that's the thing that I think would have to work. And then the player would be like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm not getting a game here at the moment. I'll, I'll go play Ruck for Sydney. Like that's the thing that yeah. would have to be kind of mutual agreement type thing for me to see that working properly. So if a player was against going to somewhere else uh, and then it just make it so uneasy for you to go to work every day if you've kind of been asked to do that. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and that's that's kind of where the uneasiness comes yeah. in for me. I just don't know. And, and I love the fact that it's a players league because I think players should have the right to dictate where they move relocate their families and, and play their football and you're in a game for sh- you're in the game for such a short period of time that you should be capitalising and making the most of every opportunity. You know what I think is funny is when the public kick up a stink when a player says, yeah, I want to go home or I want to go play for this team. And it's like, how oh, dare they? They're not, not loyal enough. Yada, yada. It's like, mate, AFL clubs will get rid of you in a heartbeat. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, just, yeah. you got to get exit meeting. You're not wanted um, building, a new, building a new culture, going down a different path. Um, thanks for your service. Catch a mind. Yeah, yeah. I've seen players with contracts be, be moved on. Exactly um, like that. So, yeah. I, th- I think when players, when, when the public gets uneasy when a, when a player wants to go somewhere else, I think, yeah, I understand where they're coming from, but it's just, it's a business, really. Yeah. It's a job. Oh, it's a job. Like, pe- players want to get the most out of their career. If they see that somewhere else, um, I don't see anything wrong with that. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do I do like the mid-season draft, and I have, 
aspirations to see the mid midseason trade happen, I think it would be a great thing for us. I think I think it'd be another element to the to the footy calendar. And you know, I love watching end of the year trade period. I yeah, like it. Yeah. I got like a yeah. little thing out of it. I like seeing where players are going and what's happening. I reckon it's cool. So we don't really have that aspect in football, just only that like two week trade period. Yeah. And nothing happens to the last bloody day anyway. So Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um sadly it looks like Paddy McCartney won't play a game of football this year. He's been yeah. added to the long-term injury list, which opened up a spot for St Kilda at the mid-season draft. Um, we were speaking off air, and, and you've experienced delayed concussion before. And you know, sadly for Paddy, it's it's just taking him, um, oh, I suppose, such a long period of time to recover um, from from his knocks. I mean, does it make you uncomfortable knowing that oh, I suppose a player like Paddy just can't seem to get a clean run at it? I'd say it's a, it's a scary thing. Um, and his inconspicuous knocks that he's been getting, uh, I think he's had eight concussions in his short career. He's only 23 years of age, and to have eight already is a, a fairly alarming. Um, I'm 11 years into my career, and I've had a few concussions as well. But um, recently I had delayed concussion, and on the, on the day after the game, I was just in, in a, it felt like I was in a different world. Like I felt sick, I felt nauseous, um, delayed um, vision. Seeing yeah. stuff, I had to just lay. I couldn't get up and move around. I had to lay down, and although that was only lasted twenty four hours, I couldn't imagine what he's going through if he's still feeling those side effects. And when I heard him speak on, I think it might have been Triple M. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, Triple M. It's just a bit yeah. scary, man. Like for him to say like, he's lost his identity as a person and as a footy player, he can't go to the supermarket without feeling uneased and claustrophobic. Mm. It just um, puts it into perspective a bit. And I think, well, I don't be the one to say it, but if you're experiencing those things so early in your career, he's only played 35 games. Yeah. Um, I would honestly want him to hang the boots up because, yes, he'll take the rest of the year off and he'll, he'll try and do another preseason, but I don't think it's worth it. Not not for your health like that. And he'll get, he'll get compensated for that. He'll get looked after, surely, by the AFL. And um, when they retire, you're gonna, you, get, you get your superannuation, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you get looked after. Um but yeah, I think I saw Kobe Stevens come out and said maybe try some medicinal marijuana. Had yeah, helped him. Gary Lyon, he, I think. Oh, I mean, Gary Lyon said yeah. that. Oh, yeah, but Kobe Stevens um, recommended it that he's yeah. been doing that um, post footy and that's been helping him a lot. Um, well, I've had two teammates since I've been at Brisbane retire from concussion: um, Jack Frost and Justin Clark. Yep. And if you follow, if you know Frosty, he's got his Instagram account. He puts up a lot of stuff about um, how he's still dealing with it. Um, he can only sort of still only work out. He goes to the gym. He gets a lot of treatment. He gets needles in his head to release some pressure and stuff from his his, his, his psyche. Um, yeah. So I'd go follow him. It's 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 actually really scary. Um, yeah, and you see how you see like the um, concussion movie that's in in the, in the states about um, NFL players and yeah. is that the one with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah. It's, I haven't it's, watched it yet. Nah, it's I, a really good watch. Is it? Yeah. But honestly, like if if. He goes down the path of uh, medicinal marijuana. It's, it'd be a lot of complications of the SADA, obviously. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about this because I yeah, find this fascinating. Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? I, I find this fascinating that this could be brought up. I mean, I'm yeah. I don't I'm not I don't have an opinion either way because I just don't know enough. Yeah. But I know in America it's starting to become it's a thing, um, a common norm for, yeah. for NBA players. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously been legalized um, in in so many states over there. From a player's perspective, if if they introduced um, medicinal marijuana, would you be for or against it? Would you would you feel a certain way? Um, but once the shot comes, four, four, yeah, four concussions. I think I'll try. If I was going through his circumstance, I'll try anything yeah. in terms of that. And if if that got ticked off by the league, Asada, and all the governing bodies around that, 
Um, I'd be all for it. Um, probably for niggles and stuff. Um, no. Yeah. I think for that specifically, yes. I think that'd be um, on the table for anyone to try who's experiencing a season-ending concussion stuff. So um, you got to put yourself in his shoes. If the, the way he's feeling and um, the way that it'll be hand- handled, I think it will be at, at the utmost professional level. He's not going to be out there having um, just tokes of a joint or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. going to be like, it's yeah, going to be yeah. professionally done. It's not, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, he's not playing for the rest of the year, so he can't, he's not gaining any, um, he's not gaining any edge of the competition. He's not going to come back and be this beast of a p- person or Personal, a player. Yeah. He's just, he's doing it just to get his head right. And yeah, it just makes you think that what do, what some players go through in terms of just to start getting on that stuff. So yeah, I, I, I probably, I probably land when we were talking about it before, I probably land in the, in the position where, if it if it, given his case is so serious, if if medicinal marijuana could help in any way, how do you justify not doing it? Yeah, that's exactly. probably where I land on it. Yeah, um, because if it if he trials it and it works, I mean, geez, it's a it's a bit of a game changer for so many players around the league yeah. around a topic which is such a sensitive matter at the moment in in the game. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. I'm, not, I'm hopefully hopefully he makes a decision sooner or later um, of his career because I don't want to see him have to go through this again next year if he comes yeah. back and gets on the knock it will just be a sad sad story so I don't know some players are um, stupidly brave in, in this caper um, and I just hope that he gets his head right and he un- understands where you know he lost a lot more than uh, football so good luck to him man he, um, you know he showed a lot of talent and um, he could have been a, a big name in the game but sometimes it just doesn't go your way yeah absolutely uh, doesn't go your way another one yeah, G Ablett three votes. Uh, okay, yeah, he's yep, not on the yep. table this year. Uh, and I shouldn't be smiling. No, when I said that. no, no. He's. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually. I didn't even think about that. To no, be honest, didn't. I didn't even think about that. So your boy, everything. I know your boy. I know. So you spoke to him recently. Um, it was handed down Monday, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he obviously played uh, on the Gold Coast up here in Queensland, and, yep. and so we caught up a, a few times over the weekend, and, and we caught up on Monday. Yeah. Um, before uh, before everything was going down, and yeah. um, I, I think we're prepared for um, the scenario that's played out in terms of being sided for a week. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so if pe- people haven't realised you're hiding under a rock, um, Gary Abel got suspended for striking uh, Miles Anthony Miles. Yep. And he has received a week, and they accepted it. Is that yeah. how? Do, so they didn't fight it. Was it a clear cut? striking charge he couldn't got off or was it more along the lines of um get, get your torches out um ablets on third, third week for a row yeah oh, i think there's a bit of that yeah like, if, i think it was a bit honest of, yeah. i think we, i think i think there was a little bit of that i think it would have been really difficult for him um to to challenge it knowing what the media commentary yeah has, has been like oh, i can guarantee he hasn't read too much but Oh, it's it is hard to escape, you know, when you do live in in a bubble such as such as Victoria and, yeah. and Melbourne and Geelong and and even up here on in, in Queensland. But um, look, I, I think there was an element where, geez, if 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 you fight it and win, you're going to be looked off. you're going to be looked upon um, in a bad. The MRO not, would not, have not, been not shitting themselves. Yeah, not not from his perspective, but externally. And then if you if you lose, you you know you still cop it. So I, I think for him it was just let's just. Let's just take it and, and, and move on. Yeah. And, and I think for him too, I mean, the, the one thing that I know um, wouldn't, wouldn't, I suppose, impact him, but he is a, um, he is a, as, as fair a player as, as the game's ever seen. 
Um, and I don't think it's appropriate to to paint him in this light where he, uh, I suppose, doesn't fit that bill. Because for 18 years, I mean, the guy has played the cleanest brand of football. Yeah, yeah. For well, such it's his a first suspension in 330 odd games, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, geez, God damn, it's yeah. a clean record. I mean, let's just let's just call it for what it is. Yeah. Um, but that's that's probably where it. It doesn't sit well with me, but but I, I caught up with with um, Gary on Monday, and we had a good chat about it. And um, you know the, the conversations that I, I had with him very much sort of filtered around this notion that he needs to understand, as difficult as it probably is for him, that yeah. he's reached a level of success where he is always going to be a story. Yeah, whether or not he kicks five goals or has five touches, yeah, I mean, yeah. he will always leave the game after the final siren as a talking point. Yeah, I don't think any player. You know, you can look at Dustin Martin, Buddy Franklin, um, you know, Chris Judd, all these modern greats mm. that have that have sort of played the game. And I'd love to know your input here, but I, I don't think anyone's reached a level of success like he has where he is just always going to be a talking point, yeah. good, bad or indifferent, yeah. because of the standards that he's reached. Yeah. That's the thing with, with Gary Ablett, as you said, like the successes he had. Um, from a player looking at it, I, was, I wasn't relieved that he got suspended, but I would have been annoyed if he'd gone to challenge it. That I would have been annoyed. Yeah, yeah. Um, third time unlucky for him. Um, and I think it's unfair that he, it w- if he did cha- challenge it, it would have been looked at the past two weeks. Um, I think that's would have tarnished what you got to look at every... Instance, yeah, but there's a human element yeah. that comes into it. Which so everyone's going to see the last two and be like, "Oh, he's going to chance it again." He's get, if he gets off, man, it'll be like Armageddon. That would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it's a weak suspension, regardless of who he is or what he's done in the past two weeks. So oh, that's that's why I look at it. I don't really care what he's done last two weeks. It's done and dusted. Um, I wouldn't even look at his 330 game career being yeah, clean. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, like I don't look yeah. at you. Don't factor like that. that in. Yeah, I don't factor anything yeah. in when I think about that. I just think about if I had done it, is it a suspension or is it not? I don't think. Oh, um, everyone thinks I'm that sniper bloke. I'm going to get a week off for this. No, I just yeah. see like what have I done? Just look at it like that. And I think yeah. they do the MRO pretty well. Um, it's just I guess the last couple of weeks have been a massive talking point in AFL around Gary Blood. Then he does this. It's like oh. Yeah. Does he think he's you know, too good for the game? He's going to get off all the time? I don't think that at all. Yeah. I think it's just, it's been unlucky three weeks for him. Yeah, but the commentary opens up and, and that's where the yeah. dialogue moves. And yeah. I, I think that's where, again, when we are talking on Monday, um, preparing, I suppose, what, what may or may not come of it, um, it, it was probably an element of that where, you know, let's just, let's just move forward from yeah. this. And, yeah. and I've never met anyone who... Um, is such a competitive beast where yeah. he just wants to go out and play. And yeah. I know this week not playing will, will really hurt him. Yeah. Um, but I also know that no one recovers better. I was going to say, the than, bloke gets a week him. off. Take that, man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, How he's... How old is he, 35? 35, 35. So, you know, it, you, oh, I suppose uh, recover, play next week. Uh, I think most teams have a buy or two. Yeah, in coming the, up in round the weeks 12, after that. I think. So around 12, 13. Yep. And then, and then really push for what... Probably in, in for playing the some team. good bloody footage along too, so yeah. they'll have someone come and play his role next week, um, and he'll be back in the team in two weeks. So this will be yesterday's news. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and you know, winning games of football changes everything. Well, they're and nine and one, man. Like, yeah, like, they're the best team in the comp at the moment. So that's pretty much done us, mate. Looking for a big week this week. We're, we really want to bounce back. It hurt us a little bit losing by a point. So um, we're looking to bounce back this week versus Hawthorne. You can grab tickets online. Um, Saturday night, 7.25pm, uh, we take on Hawthorne. 
we get to wear our indigenous jerseys again for a home game. So yeah, we've got cool, the whole ceremony. Yeah, so yeah. we get the whole ceremony going on. Um, the whole shebang. So yep. hopefully everyone can come down to that game and get behind us, and hopefully get another win at the Gabba. But hundred percent. Thank you, Sean Tobin, for popping up. Uh, it was actually very tough to go to bed this morning. It's getting a bit cold up here. It's getting very cold up here, uh, Mitch. But um, I didn't even set my alarm this morning either. And thank- oh, really? Thankfully, Chance came in and was like, can you find my Pokemon cards? <laughs> I was like, what the hell do you want? What are you doing, mate? What are you doing, what are you mate? Doing? Yeah. No, but thanks for coming up, mate. I appreciate that. And uh, We're coming for Matty Johns this week, though. Yeah, coming for Matty Johns. I'm sending a warning shot. I'm off him. I don't know him, but I'm off, I'm off you. I'm Matty. sending a warning shot to, to <laughs> Matty Johns and his crew. We're coming. And, and then this episode does terrible. He better not take up the first two spots this week because we're coming. Yeah. We're coming for one of them. I'm going to have an official complaint about that. Hit up iTunes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not on. So iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. We're on yep. Facebook now. Yep. Um, the, uh, the brand's building. So, uh, yeah, continue to support. All right, we just ripped through it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week on our Wednesday slot. Peace out, E-Town. Uh.